Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Pandemic Parenting Sucks. And I suck at recording podcasts because I get too caught up. I know all last year I bitched and moaned that my kids weren't in anything, they weren't back in school, how much they missed it and what they needed. Well, they're back in school and they're back and doing everything and I have no time to even look and breathe. I thought I would have more time because the kids are in school and I get done with work really early in the morning. So like I'm done with my work physically being in a classroom day by 10 a.m. every day, but that doesn't count my online asynchronous classes that I still need to do. Doesn't count grading and prepping and grocery shopping and everything that I do during the day that I was like, man, I'm going to have all this time. I can have a nap. I can organize. I made a list of things I wanted to organize while the kids were in school with all of my free time. Well, it turns out I have absolutely no free time for anything and I don't know where all the time goes. So like, yeah, like today I got home at 1030 was nonstop until I went to pick my kids up at 245 and then sat and waited in pickup line for half an hour. So yeah, um, I thought I'd have more time to do stuff. I don't have more time to do stuff. I will say my semester is quickly coming to an end. I'm recording this on November 1st, so it's going to be my October episode recorded on November 1st. But I will say my, my semester, so my classes, my in-class classroom time ends on December 7th. And my grading and everything due is on December 13th. So I have a little over five weeks and then I am done with my courses for four weeks and then my spring semester starts. And my spring semester basically looks like a carbon copy of my fall semester, um, even with the random night class I just picked up for the spring. So that's fun. Um, I will say today has been a rough day. I'm currently sitting in a parking lot with my four-year-old sleeping in her car seat while my two oldest are at theater so they're doing their after school activities um they do theater from four to five twice a week they love it it's through 4-h and the local college we have a very nice um performing arts college in our area so they're able to do theater through that there's only three kids in theater and two of them are mine so that's fun um sorry if you keep hearing buzzing my phone is blowing up with announcements from school today because they literally just got out of school at 3 30 and I since theater is only an hour and it's all the way across town it doesn't make sense for me to get my four-year-old in and out and drive back and forth for 10 minutes at home then get her back in the van when she is done with the day so we just sit in the parking lot I do bring her pad if she is awake but honestly the four times we've done this she has been asleep every single time so She just gets a little nap and I'll record this podcast. Um, October was interesting. We did have um, my eight-year-old, so my middle one, she had to take a COVID test for the first time because she got really sick and she was out of school for, she was really sick for four days, out of school for three days. And now she just has a lingering cough. But what was interesting about it is one I don't understand any of the guidelines and standards or anything for this but um so right before Halloween so this past weekend Sunday she was having mm, like snotty congestion issues Monday 
Oh, also Sunday night, we had a tornado come through or a tornado warning. So the tornado sirens went off at 1030 at night and we all had to go downstairs. So I had to wake the kids up and take them downstairs and she doesn't do well with storms. So when she woke up Monday morning, we thought, you know, she was in a bad mood. She was crying. She was pretty emotional. And we thought that was just because she didn't sleep well with the storms all night and having to get up for the tornado warning and being pretty anxious. She was up till probably about one in the morning because she was so worried about a tornado coming and the storms. So my husband let her stay home from school. I was already at work at the time. So my husband let her stay home from school and I got home from work and she was still there and she decided to stay home the rest of the day. And we we're like, okay, yeah, no, it's no big deal. You know, that sucks. You're going to miss theater, but, um, you'll go back to school tomorrow. Well, probably around one or two in the afternoon, she actually started getting a fever and her fever got up to 102 and we decided that she needed to go get a COVID test because she did have a fever and we have three other, you know, two kids, two other kids, and then me who was immunocompromised in the house. So we went and went ahead and got her COVID tested. She did the PCR test, which does take a bit because it has to be sent off to a lab. She got it done at CVS. So we scheduled it online. Dad took her to CVS to get it done because I had to go pick up the other two kids from school. Took her to CVS, got it done, and it was in the nose. Um, all that awesomeness. They went to the drive-up pharmacy. They sent everything in. They dropped it in the box, and they said one to two days. And so I kept diligently texting the number and looking to get her text, test results. And it ended up taking three days to get her test results. So Tuesday, she was still pretty sick. We kept her isolated from her brother and sister. She was not allowed to roam the house when they were home. She was stuck into one room, and I was a sacrificial parent because I do have three doses of Moderna, and my husband only has two right now. So since I have the most vaccine in my system, I was a sacrificial parent because, again, we still were not sure if she had COVID or not. With her having a headache and her sinuses and coughing and a fever, we were pretty sure she probably did. Um... She is my child that catches everything. If somebody in the county has strep throat, she will get strep throat. If somebody has bronchitis, she will get bronchitis. She got croup four times in one year. So she's my child that does get sick. A lot of it has to do with her being a preemie when she was born. So she's my kid that's going to get sick. My son, he tends not to get sick. And if he does get sick, he gets really sick. So... We were, we were going under the assumption that she had it. We were separating her from everybody. I was cleaning, like scrubbing, coming out of her room, going straight into their bathroom. The um, other children, we told them we had to use our bathroom, that my eight-year-old was the only one that could use the children's bathroom, just trying to keep it as separate as possible. Um, the... After 24 hours, there were still no test results and she still had a fever. And that was on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, she woke up feeling really good. Um, still didn't have any test results. I was starting to get anxious. So my husband went and bought a um, at-home COVID test. 
and we went ahead and administered this. I know we cannot use that at the schools. The schools do not allow at-home COVID test results when we have to show results so they can go back. So I, this was just for a peace of mind for us. We just wanted to know because we did have two other children in the household and my husband and I both work in jobs in which we are seeing a lot of people. I didn't want to take a chance of infecting any of my students. He didn't want to take a chance of infecting any of his clients. So we went and did that. The at-home test results, it was like watching for a pregnancy test. It took 15 minutes and she was negative. So we're like, okay, cool. We feel good about that. And she was feeling a lot better. She didn't have a fever anymore. Wednesday, she was pretty much back to normal and really wanted to go back to school. Um, but again, we couldn't send her back until we got her PCR test in, or at least that's what I thought. So follow me on my rabbit trail on this. So at home, pregnant, at home, pregnancy test, negative at home, COVID test, negative. We do that Wednesday, like morning ish. Um, and then Wednesday all day, she's bouncing around. She wants to get out of the house. She wants to go do things. She wants to go with me places. I didn't have childcare on Wednesday. So she did go with me to pick up her siblings from school. So she got out of the house and she was feeling pretty proud of herself for that. And I was like, God, I wanted to send her to school on Thursday. Come on, PCR test. And I had prepped her as if she was going to go to school on Thursday. And I would have just broke her heart in the morning. But I'm like, this is ridiculous. We are now on day three. So we are on day three and we still don't have the PCR test results back, even though it said one to two days. So at, I want to say 4.30 in the morning, on Thursday morning, I get the test results back. So I get a text message saying, you can view her results at this link. So you click on the link and then you have to enter all like usernames and birth dates and all of that stuff and we enter all of that in and it shows us her result and she's negative so I'm like Whew, she's negative she can go to school so she went to school Thursday and Friday and because she was negative and went to school Thursday and Friday she could go trick-or-treating and do all the Halloween activities which she really wanted to do and she was very upset and she was getting more upset because she thought that she was going to kill Halloween for her brother and sister because had she been positive, we would have all had to quarantine and they wouldn't have got to do Halloween. They wouldn't have got to trick or treat and everything, which was kind of a big deal. Uh, it was a bigger deal than what she realized. And we didn't want to put that weight on her because, you know, my oldest will be 12 this year. So this could very well be his last trick or treating Halloween. And it kind of hurt my heart as a parent. So I was like, oh, please be negative. Please be negative. Please be negative. And thank goodness she's negative. She could go to school. Um, but I was looking back and reflecting on this. And granted, it's only been like five days. So not a lot of reflection going on in five days. But I was reflecting on this in that at this point, there's such a stigma around it. And I I mean, I look at my analytics. Almost everybody listening to me is my age or older. It's almost has like the head lice stigma. That don't touch that person, they're dirty stigma. Um, our, I can't believe they got COVID stigma. Um, I'm vaccinated. I have three vaccines. My husband has two vaccines. As soon as my 12, or as soon as my 11 year old turns 12, he will be vaccinated with the adult vaccine. 
as soon as the children's vaccine's available, mm-hmm. my other kids will be vaccinated. So, but we could still get COVID. Even vaccinated people could get COVID. And I was talking to one of my friends about this and there's such a stigma to it. Like you weren't, you know, you weren't clean, clean enough. You didn't wash your hands enough. You didn't wear your mask properly. That's why you got COVID. Um, so I was jokingly calling it the head lice stigma for when we were younger. Like, oh my God, you got head lice because you're dirty or you got head lice because you shared a hat with, you know, another person. And I'm hoping that some point in the future, COVID turns into the flu. Like, you know, you you can try to do everything you can to avoid the flu, but you still get it sometimes. So I was hoping my eight-year-old didn't have it. One, because I didn't want to lose Halloween. Two, she was scared of it. She was worried about being out of school. And three, let me tell you about this crazy freaking quarantine isolation procedures at the school. So, one, apparently I did not need her to get COVID tested. Figure that shit out. So, I brought her negative test into the school. I'm like, do you guys need a photocopy of this? Do I just show it to you? And they're like, oh, no, we don't need it because we didn't send her home. You kept her home. So, you as a parent kept her home. So, technically, I didn't need to COVID test her because they don't take the results if you keep your kid home. But if they send your kid home then you have to show the results. So I guess that's if your kid's sick, don't send them to school because if they send them home, then you could be out three to four days waiting on a COVID test. Well, since I kept her home myself, I didn't have to have a COVID test. Now, follow me down this rabbit hole. Let's say she's COVID positive. She's not, obviously, but let's say she's COVID positive. She's out for 14 days after her positive test. Not after the day that she took the test, but after the day the test came back. So she took the test on Monday, but the results came back on Thursday. So she's out 14 days after Thursday. Not only is she out, her two siblings are out. They are out for her entire isolation because she is positive They're out for her isolation. And then as soon as her 14 days are over, their 10 days start. Now, if either one of them get diagnosed with COVID in those 10 days, their 14 days start over. When their 14 days are over, then whatever sibling did not get COVID, their 10 days start. So theoretically, all three of my kids could have been out until January 7th. How insane is that? So the COVID positive kid could go back to school after 14 days, but her siblings could not. They would be out of school for 24 days and require two COVID negative tests to get back. Now, this is in Illinois. This is our school district um, because my husband and I are both vaccinated. We are I am with my school district or with the schools I work at. I am only out of work. So I only have to quarantine if I'm showing symptoms. If I am not showing symptoms, I do not have to quarantine. My husband is a little different. He has to quarantine for four days, but he is in a smaller space, more of one-on-one activity than me. So because he's in the med building and in a specific area, he is out for four days. I am not out at all unless I'm showing symptoms. If I'm showing symptoms, Uh I am out 
for four days and then um, I will be back after a negative COVID test. So I'm just so confused. I don't understand any of it. And I was talking to my friend who works for the health department, works for the school district. And she's like, as soon as they call, say you have kept them isolated from each other so they can go ahead and do their quarantining while she's isolating. And we were going to send them to my in-laws house so that we could say, you know, full and completely, they are not in our house so they could have done their um, quarantining when she was doing her isolating. Um, And then they could have all gone back to school at the same time. It was such like, I need a flow chart for this. And I don't think a lot of parents realize this. Like if one kid's out, they're all out, but then they're, it's so confusing. Um, That being said, our school district did team up with a shield testing, which is through the U of I. And they use saliva. The kids spit in a cup, essentially. Um, It's PCR testing. And they sent out a newsletter middle of last week saying if we sign up for the PCR testing, then we, we may be able to get rid of the quarantining for kids that are exposed. Now, my sixth grader, over half of his class was gone. He has 27 kids in his class, and they were down to nine. Um, right last so not this past Thursday but the Thursday before um, a child in his class tested positive so they made the call to all the parents a friend of um, mine whose child is also in his class was like did you get the call I don't know how we did not get the call but he was not one of the kids that were possibly exposed to it so we did not get the call which is great and this whole time I'm stressing out because I'm going okay what are we going to do if they're out of school what if my pre-K three, so my four-year-old who was in the pre-K three class, who has only been in school for, you know, 60 days, she's only been in school for 60 days. What if she is now home for 40 days? Like everything is lost at that point. All of you people out there that have small children, if she is out of preschool for 40 days, she will lose everything. And unlike her siblings, so my third grader and my sixth grader, they have school assigned tablets. Um, they're, both of their teachers have online learning. My, my third grader, so my eight-year-old, even though she was at home sick, she was still completing work. She was doing work with the other um, quarantine children. So she didn't miss anything. She still got counted absent from school, which I think is kind of bullshit. But she didn't miss anything because she was doing the same thing as the quarantine children were. And she was able to keep up on her work. And my sixth grader is the same way. If he had to miss school, his teacher has almost everything on their Google Classroom. And he's able to keep up with it. So they would still be part of school. But my pre-K three, so my four-year-old would not. They do not assign tablets until kindergarten so she would have pre-k three and pre-k four she would miss and which would also suck because I'm having to pay for it and even if she is isolated and quarantined I would still have to pay her tuition which is not small um and so I would have to pay like almost two months of tuition without her being there which would really suck so thankfully my eight-year-old my third grader was negative 
and we were able to do Halloween stuff, but this also gave us some insight of, you know, what could happen? What is it going to look like if this happens? What, what can we do? How do we set this up? We did a really good job of isolating her and keeping her separate from her siblings. So I, I'm pretty confident there. Um, my husband and I have talked about giving up our master bedroom if more than one of them get it. So we can put them in there with a full bathroom with shower and everything and literally like drop food at the door. Um, it sounds bad, but I just really don't want my four-year-old to get it. I'm fairly certain my 11-year-old had it before, and I'm fairly certain both my 8-year-old and 3-year-old had it, but my 11-year-old lost smell and taste back in February, right before we got the big, like, shutdown. So, the end of February, he got really sick, high fever, slept the whole time, lost all smell and taste, and he lost it for about four weeks of no smell and taste, so... I'm fairly certain he's had it, but I don't want them to experience it. I prefer to get them vaccinated whenever it's available. I was told by my children's pediatrician to hold off on getting my 11-year-old vaccinated until he turns 12 because he is so large. He is adult size. His pediatrician says he does not want him to have the children's vaccine because it is um, smaller dosage. He wants him to have the full adult dose. So for him to get that, we need to wait till he's 12, but that's coming up very quickly at the beginning of December. So I'm not that worried about it. By the time they get the children's vaccine approved and we can get our hands on it, it's not, it's going to be a matter of weeks, maybe days before he turns 12. So I'm fine with that. I'm fine with waiting till he turns 12. The otherwise big things that happened in October, we obviously just had Halloween. We did trunk or treats. Um, we finished up soccer, both school soccer and um, like park district soccer, I guess would be the best way to describe it. We finished that up. Both of my older kids probably have had their best seasons in a really long time. Um, we finished up cross country. We started theater. Uh, I had my 15-year wedding anniversary, and we did nothing. Um, we're very stressed right now. October is such a busy month for us. Uh, honestly, I need my wedding anniversary to be in, like, June, so I'd have less time. We did book our vacation for next summer, and we're going to go back to the beach. We nixed Disney again, so we are going back to the beach. Um... Yeah, well, now we're just, you know, we're in the weird Thanksgiving limbo, the throwaway holiday, waiting for Christmas. I do plan on decorating for Christmas as soon as possible. I have to take all of my Halloween decorations down, but it is really cold outside already. It is 35 degrees right now. So I'm like super waiting for, super ready for Thanksgiving to be done. Um, the, but, you know, I also don't want to wish my life away. I don't want to wish the kids grow up anymore. I swear my oldest has grown two more inches. Everyone's like, oh, he's so much taller. And I'm like, yeah, the kids have eye appointments and those always suck because they always get their eyes dilated, especially my third grader because there's an iffy, she's on the bubble of needing glasses or not. So she always has a pretty extensive eye exam, which kind of sucks. But my sixth grader has a much less extensive eye exam. 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I have to take the cat to the vet in November, so yay, fun times. But I guess the biggest thing was having a COVID scare at the end of the month and not knowing what to do about it, waiting forever. I felt so helpless waiting for those three days for the PCR test to come back, even after we did the at-home test and we knew that she was negative, waiting for the PCR test to come back. And then like, that sounds bad, but a part of me almost was like, well, if she's positive and she's already feeling better, then we can get it out of the way. And then she'll have that immunity for, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it is. So I can understand, like, I would have been relieved that way too, which sounds bad. Like, I don't want my kids to get sick, but it's always, it's like a big weight hanging over our heads, a big anvil over our heads. When are we going to get diagnosed? When is it going to happen? And that can be very, very stressful. And I guess I can end today with, um, today's been a rough day. October's been a rough month. It's been very stressful. And I yelled at a lady in pickup line today. Um, my, my pickup, my school's pickup line is so utterly not, I'm a type A personality. I'm incredibly organized. I want things to run a certain way. My kid's pickup line is chaos embodied. And I thought, maybe it'll get better. We're on month three of school. Maybe it'll get... No, it's gotten worse. And the bad weather has made it worse. Um, my little one. So my four-year-old, my pre-K three is always sent out first. And she has to sit outside on the ground, on the cold ground. They don't let them stand up. So she has to sit outside on the cold ground. Rain, shine, wind, you know, 30 some degrees outside. It doesn't matter. And they, she cannot walk to my car until either I'm physically in front of her or her, either one of her siblings comes by and grabs her and walks her to my car. So today I'm like mm, maybe six cars away from being the front car. So I'm very close to the front. Like I can see everything that's going on. I make eye contact with her. I make eye contact with her sister and her sister is, um, you know, she's in third grade, but she's small. So she looks younger than a third grader and she's, um, meek when she talks. She's very small voiced, small stature. And so, but she's very responsible. She's, you know, if I needed to trust somebody, she's incredibly responsible. She, she's very guided. She knows when to do things. She knows where things at. She knows how to put things away, um, and get stuff done. So she's very, very reliable. So my third grader sees me, makes eye contact with me, gives me a thumbs up, telling me she's going to go get her little sister and walk to the car. She gets my four-year-old out and starts walking her to the car. And a lady, I'm assuming she's a temporary teaching assistant. She's a substitute of some sort. She's not a teacher. Um, my third grader gets my third grader gets my four-year-old, and they are literally a car in front of me. So they have walked a little ways and they're a car in front of me. I can see them. I'm opening my van doors for them to get in. This lady runs up to her, grabs her by the shoulder, spins her around, gets in her face and tells her she can't do this. Um, she can't control her sister. Her sister's going to run in traffic. They're going to die. Like she's into the worldliness. I'm hearing it all because my door's open and I'm right there. 
I get out of my van and I'm like, what are you doing? What is going on? She walks her to my car all the time. I saw everything. She's fine. And the lady's like, she's going to run out in traffic and she's going to die and we're going to be responsible for it. I'm like, she was holding her hand. She walks her to my car all the time. If it would have been her older brother, would you have had an issue or do you just have an issue because she's small and she's female? And I kind of got in her face, which is not, I'm not proud of it. I've been having a really shitty day. It's been a long day, but she had my eight-year-old crying hysterically. She had my four-year-old crying hysterically. They cried all the way to theater. My four-year-old cried herself to sleep in the van. My sixth grader got in the van and was like, what is going on? And it was just ridiculous. And I'm like, you're an adult. Don't touch my kid. If you want to tell her, no, you need to stay back in line. No, we need to wait on your mom. She's the reasonable one. She would stay. She would stop. You just have to tell her what to do. Do not touch her. Do not get in her face. Um, She has a lot of triggers with that because of an experience she had with a teacher when she was very, very small who was incredibly aggressive with her. And so she's very triggered when she's touched by an adult in authority and triggered when they get in her face and yell at her. And I'm triggered by it because she froze, started shaking and started crying. So I knew exactly what was happening. She was pointing at the van the whole time. I was right there. This lady's freaking out and I kind of got in her face. And again, not a proud moment. But my bullshit tolerance is so low right now. And I don't know if that's like all of us. Like if the, I talk about the stress response cycle when I teach. The alarm phase, the exhaustion phase. And I feel like as a society, because of this pandemic, we are all in the exhaustion phase. We have no tolerance from anybody. We have no tolerance for anything. We just want to get things done. And because of that, we also don't care So that lady was probably burnt out seeing a couple kids walking away, two small girls walking away. Um, Honestly, my eight-year-old is not that much bigger than my four-year-old. So maybe she thought my four-year-old would like beat feet and run into the parking lot. Whereas my 11-year-old looks like a giant compared to his sister. So he looks like he's an eighth grader and he's walking them back to my car. I don't know if that was the difference. But honestly, this lady triggered me. I lost my crap. Uh, My eight-year-old told her brother, you missed mom yell at a lady. I think she said, mom yelled at an adult. So um, it's been a long day. My four-year-old is still sleeping in the van and I still have to go pick my other two up from theater in like five minutes. And I'm sitting in the parking lot of this performing arts college and there's a band sitting, setting up next to me, like full on drums keyboard everything band setting up next to me so yeah um I'm gonna let you guys go for today and hopefully I'll make another one sooner than later I do like I have a couple psychological topics I want to talk about but it keeps getting pushed on the back burner because honestly this doesn't pay me and I have to do the stuff that pays me and I have to make sure my kids are alive so I'll see you when I see you but as for now this has been October